Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio. It is Wednesday when a lot of the kingdom is heading north to Kansas City to watch the Chiefs in their parade and rally. Downtown Kansas City, it ends up at Union. Should be a great time. You've uh, been up there once before, Mm -hmm. and you're going up today. Tell the folks what you expect and and maybe a a recollection as to what it was like. Well, last time it was freezing cold. I mean, it was like 20. Um, My... Uncle and aunt actually were renting a place in in Two Light, which is right off of KC uh, Live, like right in the middle of Power and Light. So we just stayed up there. We got inside and watched it. Like I saw the whole Mahomes catch the beer with his hand and chug it. It happened right below us. It was awesome. Um, and then, of course, I mentioned this yesterday. My wife was like eight months pregnant, so it was like really, really close to when we had Oliver. So she was not feeling the walking situation. So. There was at least half a million people downtown. Um, it was nuts. And then everyone kind of just migrated over to the Union Station area, which isn't that far of a walk, but it was crazy when you're talking about a half a million people doing that. Also, just a little side note, if you think you're going to use your cell phone downtown Kansas City or anywhere around Union Station, you are mistaken, sir, because the, they will overload the networks. There's no there's no using your cell phone down. Even with a crowd that big, can you hear anybody? Uh, I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, well, they've got they've got a whole like they'll, they'll set up Union Station like a concert. So essentially, just think of it as like where the rallies happen is it would be like at an outdoor amphitheater. So, yeah, you can hear like as they're coming through the parade, the buses and have speakers and people playing music and stuff (laughs) and screaming. So not really there. But at the rally, yes, you can. I suspect Mahomes will deliver the keynote address. I'm sure him, Mitch, (laughs) Travis, they're all going to have something to say, which it'll be nice. And it's definitely well deserved. So uh, it's looking nice. Uh, I think the high is like 44 in Kansas City today, which sucks because I mean, God, 65 would have wore shorts and flip flops, but uh, that's not <laughs> not the case for me. So, um, but looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. We're heading up with the boys from Coyotes here in just a little bit. Um, uh, so now uh, that the NFL season is over, a lot of guys, a lot of OCs, a lot of DCs are now H. Sees in the league. Your thoughts, sir? There, there are two of them, and the Philadelphia Eagles have had their, this is in the last 24 hours, Eagles have had their uh, coaching staff raided. The Colts signed yesterday Shane Steichen, who had been the offensive coordinator. He didn't have a really great football career at Nevada, Las Vegas, and didn't play any in the pros, but he has pretty good coaching experience, and you saw what the Philadelphia offense was able to do this year. And then the Arizona Cardinals went to the Eagles, and they got Jonathan Gannon, who is their defensive coordinator. So Philadelphia and Nick Sirianni will have to do some shopping now for new assistant coaches. But yet, yeah, two, and these are the final two head coaches now in the NFL. The staffs are complete, and now it's to work at the coaching, or not coaching, but the player combine and how things shape up there. And that's kind of a flesh market in a way because you're judging people by their physical talents. They can also play the game, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's, it's kind of, in a way, bogus because you're just looking at people from their physical characteristics, and that doesn't always manifest itself into a great player. No, or a great coach, either way. It goes both ways. Um, and before you get too excited, Rich Gannon fans, no, Jonathan Gannon is not related to nope, Rich. No. Uh, so, 
I think it's a little bit early for uh, Major League Baseball to even consider doing power rankings. I mean, we just celebrated uh, Valentine's Day yesterday. <laughs> what the hell are they thinking? But they need something to talk about. So uh, your thoughts on the way things are looking so far? Well, the power rankings are uh, based on what teams did last year, yeah. of course, and what deals they made during the offseason and how they shape up. Well, as you might expect, it means nothing. Just like the NFL power ratings mean nothing. It's all decided on the field. Number one team prior to going to spring training, and spring training is opening up right now. Houston Astros get the number one choice, followed by the San Diego Padres, Atlanta Braves, New York Yankees, New York Mets. They are the top five teams. The Cardinals are rated 11th of the 30 teams in Major League Baseball. Kansas City Royals are 24th of the 30 teams in Major League Baseball. We'll see how it all morphs out. We're about to go to spring training. Speaking of which, I was reading an article yesterday. The article title was, The St. Louis Cardinals Just Made Their Best Move of the Offseason. I'm thinking, oh my God, who the hell Who the hell they signed? What happened? What happened? No, they just extended uh, Mosaic's uh, contract. I, w- would you consider that the best move in the offseason there? Practically the only move. <laughs> well, that's actually true. The competition wasn't too steep. <laughs> they did get a relief pitcher who, I must admit, I didn't know. Uh, from the Kansas City Royals. Uh, but over and above that, no, they didn't really change their lineup that much. They're staying where they are. And Mozeliak told the media, as did Bill DeWitt, the team owner, back, oh, maybe the 1st or 2nd of January, somewhere around there, that they're not going to, not, N-O-T, not going to spend any big money on the free agents and the big names. They're going to promote from within. And uh, we had one of our experts here on Ned Talk tell us, hey, that's the way they're going to operate. Is that a winning operation? Well, we'll find out. So Missouri State going to be out on the court tonight. Big, big game for the Bears. Really is. They're playing Bradley at the Carver Arena in Peoria, Illinois. That's a tough place to play. It's also a converted hockey arena. They play hockey in there, so there will be ice underneath the basketball floor. There always is. But Bradley is tied for first in the Missouri Valley Conference. The Bears have six losses. Bradley has four. Missouri State really can't afford any more because there are only a few games remaining before the tournament. It looks right now as though the Bears will be relegated to having to play on Thursday. You don't want to do that, but eight teams will, and four will get a one-game bye into Friday. Well, that makes a difference. It's very difficult to win four games in four days in a championship. It can be done, but it's, it's also a tough thing to do. Anyway, the Bears... If they beat Bradley tonight, they'll certainly enhance their chances of getting a Final Four spot because they can win their other games. They can win any game they play. But this will be a big one tonight, and Bradley is tough. Bradley beat the Bears down here in December 58-40. to That's not very close. and that But that was also two months ago. See how things have changed. Yeah, hopefully it's changed for the better. <laughs> so on paper, Mizzou and Auburn pretty much – even if you look at the records, pretty much even strength of schedule. It's it's relatively the same, but man, on the court last night, they did not look even at all, did they? They did not, and uh, this is probably a false perception on my part. But when I watched the game and uh, Auburn got off to a big early lead, I thought, boy, Missouri doesn't really look like their head is in the ball game here. They're they're not concentrating. They're making a whole slew of turnovers, not hitting their three-point shots. They didn't look ready. I'm sure that's not the case, but it came back to really haunt them because Auburn ran them out of the ballpark. It was Auburn 89, Missouri 56. Folks, that's not close, and it wasn't close. That's (laughs) That's not a false analogy. 
This, they were never in it. Missouri never got into the ball game. Now, you have to understand that Missouri has an interesting attack under Coach Gates. They are free to shoot uh, three shots. Um, by that, I mean trays. All they want. And they're a good tray shooting team. They couldn't hit their backsides last night. They had real problems. They did end up with, oh, maybe eight or nine, somewhere around there. But by then, it was way too late. They got out horsed on the boards. They got out hustled. They created Auburn's defense, created all sorts of turnovers by the Tigers. That was not a, a vintage performance. I almost think that, and this is again probably a false perception, but Mizzou had won that game over Tennessee on Saturday with the last second shot. It almost looked to me, ah, don't, let him get ahead. They weren't we'll, watching. We'll, yeah. catch, we'll catch him. We'll get back into this ball game, and they couldn't do it. It at when I watched, it almost looked like one team was running, the other one was walking. That's pretty much exactly what I was seeing. And uh, maybe they were outgassed, but maybe they just did that huge mistake the teams sometimes do and look past their competition, thinking that it'll be okay when no one's really driving the bus. All right, uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I've been very critical of Derek Carr over the last few seasons, just because, of course, he was a Las Vegas Raider and a deeply hated uh, rival for the Kansas City Chiefs. But the way they did that man was dirty in Las Vegas, in my opinion. And he had a no-trade clause in his contract uh, when they said they were going to bench him and he left the team. They, I think, actually were considering trading him, but he said, hell no, you're not going to benefit from me. You're going to have to release me. And good on him for doing well, that. As a matter of fact, he was in discussion with the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. last week when they when they had to trade him because the free agency would come up as soon as they released him. Well, he talked to them. They really discussed terms and all this sort of thing, and then uh, he was uh, turned him down. He turned him down to say, "Hey, look, look, look! I can probably make a better deal as a free agent." So indeed, Carr will now be a free agent. He's been released officially by the Las Vegas Raiders. Will he play? You bet your backside he'll play. He'll have plenty of teams going after him. It could be the Saints again, even though they did. Uh, Carr did turn them down first. This will be a altogether different set of negotiations. But you can uh, talk about the New York Jets. You can talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. They're looking for a QB. The Washington Commanders, they they always need everything. <laughs> there are a lot of circumstances in which Derek Carr will play next season. But, yeah, he's still young enough and talented enough to find a job. I would have said uh, maybe possibly Indianapolis, but their head coach kind of uh, showed their hand yesterday at a press conference when he basically said they're going after a quarterback in the first round. In the draft. <laughs> you should have seen the owner's face. <laughs> what an idiot. All right, Ned, you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.